Proverbs. Chapter 17. This one verse tonight. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Says a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your word that we can come in and preach freely. Lord, we ask you tonight to put words in our mouth that the preacher, the Holy Spirit, would be here. That you would come and anoint both the speaker and the listener. That you would open our hearts to the truth of your word and the power of your spirit. And we will be careful to thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A friend loves at all times. Thank you, Brandon. And a brother is born for adversity. I just literally was, had this on my heart this afternoon. And I, I think there's never been a day when we need to when we need to come scripturally about what a friend is. <laughs> I, think we're, I think as a society uh, that we are confused about what a friend is. I think social media has def- redefined what a friend is. The Bible says a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born in adversity. But that's not the only time that the Word of God links friendship with brotherhood. Because he tells us that there is a friend which sticks closer than a brother. What is a friend? I've got, for several reasons, I'll just tell you right up front that I'm having to, as I, as I want to speak for just a few minutes on this subject of what is a friend, that I'm having to keep J.R.'s flesh in check because he has things he would like to say. There's some people that deserve it to be said. But that's not what we're here for. We don't bring personal agendas to the pulpit. You can't do that. But you can see the need of the people and let the Spirit of God speak through His Word and say that there's nothing that the Word doesn't address and it's time that the pulpit did. I, I, I spoke on here a while back a lot of social media things. We'll touch on those things again tonight. But, and I'm amazed, really, that over the course of, 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 of across the, the churches and the pulpits of the land as, as this uh, new, I say new, and new compared to everything else, this new means of communication and this new means of interaction that is quickly, very quickly overtaking actual human interaction, then why in the world are we not speaking to it? Why are we letting the world define what these things are instead of us defining for the world what they mean and what they are? What is a friend? A friend loves at all times 
And a brother is born for adversity. Listen, the last two years, 2020, 2021, very few of us have seen as much adversity as what we've seen because of the situation that's been put upon us. It, it, listen, it's adversity. We have spiritual highs and emotional lows. You know, uh, just a few in the last six weeks or, or so, uh, I've, I've buried more friends than I want to talk about. That's emotional lows. And at the same time, you see spiritual victories in, in your own life, other people's lives, in the life of your church. You see good things happen. And it's like a roller coaster from here to straight up to straight down. A friend is, it says a brother is born for adversity. But I see more, uh, more than brothers born for adversity. It seems to me like day by day we're heading more towards a civil war than a civil discourse. I don't think it's just me. I think there's new mediums of artificial intelligence and, 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 and social interaction that have brought us to a place where we've di disconnected communication from humanity. I, I say it plain. We have people saying things across the keyboard that they wouldn't say to your face because you'd break their nose. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. Some of you would. And normally most of us wouldn't. But most of the time people are not going to get up in your face and keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding and provoking and provoking and provoking until they cause you to react that way. But the world we live in today, they will certainly do it from a distance. Talking about what is a friend? A friend loves at all times. A friend loves you on your good day and on your bad day. I used to say that, that when you have a friendship, whenever you're close, whenever there's, there's a bond that's formed, that you love each other warts and all. That, that you don't have to achieve perfection for me to be your friend. You can have nasty little character traits that make me want to cringe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But there's something that bonds us together because a friend loves at all times. The brother is born for adversity. We have to be careful, though. There's some things we want to discuss in the middle of all these things because there's some things that we have to be careful of. Because we can talk about the nastiness that, that should let us know that someone is not our friend. I, 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 my, my wife will verify. I've talked to kids and I've, and I've tried to live by myself. By, by myself, and, and I want you to hear it and understand that there's something we need to do. And that is know that when someone shows you. My, I have one I'm about to quote it to me. That's good because that means I've taught it to him. Right? I'm not kidding. That's right. When someone shows you what they are, when someone tells you who they are, you would do well to believe them. Now, I'm not talking, I'm not, you know, 
There's some nuances here because some people will tell you how great they are, but what they show you doesn't demonstrate it. I, I, you know what I found? Greatness usually doesn't have to advertise. When somebody is an incredible speaker, they don't have to go around telling everybody they're an incredible speaker. They're an incredible speaker, and everybody knows it. When somebody's a talented singer, that you know, uh, I mean, I'll show my age a little bit here, but Whitney Houston never tried to tell me she could sing. All she had to do was open her mouth, and I knew it. So you, you have, you have the, the nuance, the flip of the coin when somebody tells you how, when, they t when what they say and what they do doesn't match each other. Boy, I wish we had learned this about politicians. I don't care what they say. Show me what they do. Because they used to, I, I think it's still, some of you might remember it, but they used to tell us, uh, that actions speak louder than words. Young lady, whenever, the, whenever that guy has, has shoved you into the wall and, and got up in your face and pinned you down, but then he comes back three hours later and tells you how much he loves you and how much he's sorry, but if you hadn't said that, he wouldn't have done it. When somebody shows you what they are, you would do very well to believe them. There's a lot of talk in the world about bullies today and then to the place that we don't even think we, I don't even think most people know what a bully is anymore. But I'd, I wish we'd get back to some old-fashioned wisdom on bullies because when you've got a real bully, there's one thing a bully understands. What are you saying, preacher? You just read between the lines. There's one way to fix a bully, that's it. <laughs> I think I've told you that story one time. There's a next door neighbor of mine back in high, back in elementary school and junior high, and I don't think in a million years he'd be watching because we've grown up. Thank God, people grow up. But back then he was a, he was a bully. He was a jerk. His name was Dan Porter, and he lived next to me. And Dan was always doing something. He I was a little bit skinny twerp. I really was. I don't be laughing. That wasn't the time for laughing or amen. Couldn't get an amen out of anybody this morning and you say something about being a little skinny twerp and you got people responding and saying amen. I really was. I was a little, I was about, I mean, I had to run around in the shower just to get wet. I was so skinny. It's true. And, 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 and Dan wasn't. He was, a, he was a little huskier build. And he'd just shove you around. And he'd, he'd flick you in the back of the head. And he'd punch you in the back of the head on the school bus. And he'd knock your stuff in the floor. And he'd, he'd, it was just all the time something. Now, I really am not into getting hit. I just got to tell you. Some people seem to love to fight. My brother was a fighter. Man, he'd, he'd fight at the drop of a hat. Then he'd knock the hat off. I could put a story in the middle of my story right here, but I, I never, I'm not into that. I don't want you hitting me. But you know what? Enough was enough one day, and on, on, on Paris School District bus driven by Larry Tabor, bus number two to be exact, on the route out to Carbon City, Dan hit me in the back of the head one too many times. 
And before I thought about it, before I knew, before I gave it any thought, I jumped up, whirled around, and as hard as that little skinny boy could hit him, I popped him square in the nose. And it stunned him. But he reacted pretty immediately because he jumped up and drew back and hit me as hard as he could in the nose. And you know what? That hurt. And you know what? I didn't like it. You know what else? He sat down, I sat down, and he never bothered me again. From that day to this one. So I'm laying some things because I want you to understand. We have forgotten what it means to even be a friend and what it truly means to be be put upon and what it truly means to be be shoved around. And and the place I want to get to before we move any further is to discuss what it means to be offended because that's going to be important here in a minute. Because, see, as I started, you cannot start from a position spiritually of offense because offense is not of God. We're not supposed to go around offended. We're we're offended over everything today. We know that. Everybody knows that. Everybody's offended about everything. Can't can't even hardly have a conversation because we're offended. And what we are, what we really are, is we're triggered. We've been, we've been trained that this is offensive and that is offensive. We're taking on other people's offense and then we're trained when to be offended. Boy, we need to wash some things off and get rid of it. Jesus said it would be this way. In the last in Matthew 24, when he began to discuss, they, when they, they, the disciples asked him, how will we know? Well, everybody here knows because I've told you a thousand times that the first thing he says is that, that, is that do not be deceived. So deception. But then he said, many will be offended. We're offended over everything. But most will, we're offended over Jesus. You know, because the Bible says that he's the rock of offense, that he's the stumbling stone. Offense, when I'm offended, it literally means to stumble. It causes me to stumble. And I, I wanna, I'm tying all this together because I want you to know that the Word of God talks about being a friend and what it is, but it also talks about what it is to cause someone to stumble. And you need to know what both are. Because, see, I don't need to go around offended all the time, but I also need to understand that I can cause someone to stumble, and that's wrong. That's wrong. It's wrong for me to know that I, that it's wrong for me. It just, it is just as wrong for me to, to constantly be pounding on someone that, that causes them to be offended and to stumble over things as it is for, to wait till you walk by and stick my leg out the aisle and see if I can trip you. Now, all of us know that we would not put up with that. None of us would put up with that. It wouldn't take you very long at all. You might, you might, the first time someone stuck their foot out and tried to trip you walking down the aisle, you would probably think it was an accident. The second time they done it, you might look at them. I can guarantee you by the third time, you and them, you're going to have a talk. So why is it happening everywhere? Why are we accepting 
these, these, these rock of offenses? Why are we accepting? Why are we participating in? Oh, you. See, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. What's a friend? I was thinking about some things. See, I, I, I got some things that we just need to talk about. Because I think everyone needs it in the world we live in today. Somebody that sends you a, 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 pic, a profile picture of themselves and has 7,500 mutual friends with you does not make them a friend. It does not make them a friend. It makes them a, a social media junkie. Being a part of the same fellowship doesn't make you a friend. I know some jerks in the Assemblies of God. I'm not going to take the time to make a list right now. That'd be wrong. But I know some. Hey, I got, I got real news for people in the room right now that'll blow your mind. I got two right in the line that'll blow you. Just because they go to Mag Church doesn't make them your friend. Well, this is the one that gives some people some real fits and some real trouble. Just because they have the same last name as you doesn't make them your friend. <laughs> Relative doesn't, sharing DNA doesn't make people good people. What are you preaching, preacher? I'm just giving you some, some things to chew on before we, before we go any further. I want you to understand something. There, there's some qualifications to these things. And, 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 we're, and we get trapped into really, can I just, I don't, I, the plainest way I can say it is we, get, is we get trapped into abusive situations because we don't know the difference between acquaintances and kinfolk and friends and brothers. I got brothers that I don't share DNA with. Y'all cause me to wonder if this thing's on. I have brothers that I don't, have, I don't share DNA with. I got people that I share DNA with that'll be the first person to lie on you and the first person to rip you off. The first person to take advantage of you. Now, I wouldn't encourage you to be playing the lottery, but if you won the lottery, they'd come around, but you hadn't seen them in 67 years. I just want you to think, what's well, a friend? friend loves at all times. We live in a roller coaster world right now. The reason I'm talking about these things is because people are anxietyed out of their mind and half of what's going on is because of relationships that they don't even have any business being in. This is just, I, I, I know you think, man, this is not Pentecost and fire tonight. No, this is, this is word and practical. Apply some rules to your life. Now, listen, we, friends, are, we, what did I say earlier? A friend is warts and all, right? They, I, I don't have, every day doesn't mean that we, that we agree on every single subject. I'll tell you what a friend looks like sometimes. 
Riley's not here tonight, but I'm going to use him. Riley sits right there. He, I could talk about others, but I'm going to talk about Riley because he can handle it. Riley, if you're watching, you can handle it. I think Riley and I could probably talk about anything. Anything. I think we could talk about anything. And we're both a little bit passionate. We can run across stumps every now and then that cause us to hang up, and we can discuss it a while. You know what? Every once in a while, we'll, we'll just flat out disagree with each other, and we'll, and we'll lower like them two rams. You know what I'm talking about? They'll, you ever watch them? They'll back up. And, man, if they was playing football, they'd be in trouble because they'd be flagged for targeting. Leading with the head. Yes? Talking about a friend. And we don't leave, but you know what? We don't leave hating each other. I say, you have the right to be wrong. I love you. <laughs> Riley, you have the right to be wrong. It's okay. And every once in a while, I know it's extremely hard to believe, but every once in a while, I can be wrong. I know. I know. It's been a while since it happened, but it, it can happen. But the bottom line is, as we don't go out for the next three weeks passively, aggressively attacking each other on, on any forum we could find, any voice we could find, any person that will have a lending ear, building a case. I, don't you just hate when people are going around building a case for themselves and against somebody else? Every person they meet, that's not a friend. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born in adversity. Because here's one thing I know. If I was in a shooting war, I know who I'd want in my foxhole. I'd call on Riley because you know what? He would fight with me and for me. He would stand with me. If, if all the powers of hell are going to come against me, he would stand in my corner and he would, he, would, he would pray for it. He would rebuke it. He would stand against it. He would stand with me. Him and others. I'm just happen to be picking on Riley because he can handle it and he's not here. You hear what I'm talking about? And I'll just be frank with you. What brings me to these places? Because I've spent too many days with my blood pressure through the stratosphere over people I thought were my friend. And I, here's one thing I've learned. If I'm dealing with something as your pastor, you're dealing with it too. That's one thing I've learned. If I need to learn something, because I don't know if you know it or not, but everything I teach you, I've, I've had to learn it firsthand. I've had to deal with it. I've had to, I've had to reconcile it. I've had to bring it to, bring it to a place that, in my life. I've had, because you know what? I have to get flesh under control too. First. I'm not always good at it. But if it, sometimes um, it, it just feels good to be mad at people sometimes. Don't you act like it doesn't. 
Every once in a while, when you, every once in a while, we're not supposed to do this, and, 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 but I'm just talking about the reality. The Bible says that we're not supposed to, to take joy in people's failure, even when, when they brought it on themselves. But you know, I'm just like you, and every once in a while I see somebody get what they, get, get what they deserve. And for a little second, a smile breaks across my face. That's wrong. That's wrong. I'm just telling you it's wrong. But, I, but I'm just going to be real and tell you I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. Everyone, everyone, I'm just telling you that our flesh enjoys that. But there's something wrong when we enjoy somebody failing. What we really love is whenever we've been on them and we know we're right. and we're, but we're, we're, You know, you can be so right that you're wrong. I don't think we understand what that even means. Because you can be right as far as, I mean, you can be right. But you can take some right to the place of you're just being a jerk. And, and it's like, and it's like and here's what I'm talking about. Instead of grieving over someone's failure, we take pleasure in it because we were right. I, I, I got friends that I think, I think, I think they're just about half... They're half justified because of all their opinions on, on this pandemic and everything. And when I, I, I've got to the place that I'm afraid that they're pleased when somebody dies. I'm talking about what friends are. And I don't know if you even, do you even realize that we came to that place. I mean, whenever you've got people in power beginning at one point, thank God it seems like things are beginning to recede and, and, and uh, some and open up a little and, 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 and infections and death tolls and all that stuff are finally seem to be going down. I'm so glad that that's true, but I think some people are just flat put out by that. Uh, they, they, they seem to rejoice just at being right. The casualties don't matter. The, the consequences of their right, that's not a friend. That's not a friend. See, sometimes you can be so right that you're wrong. See, because when you're right, you can give somebody great advice and be right. And when they fail, in, when they fail at something, you're not, you're not amused that they failed. You're grieved in your heart. We're warped by the idea well, it's just the bottom line. Social media has changed the world. And pastors ought to be talking about it. Because, see, we should be no less people of the book. We should be no less followers of Jesus Christ. We should bear no less fruit of the Spirit on that device that we type on and interact with than we are when I look at you straight face to face. We should, be no, we should bear no less fruit. In fact, because it's a medium without emotion. You know why we have emojis? Or as Madeline Jennings would call them, e-Mongolians. That's Heather's mama. <laughs> you know why we have emojis? Because the tech giants figured out that we have this text world that we live in and there's no way to tell the emotion behind it so we learned how to be a jerk and then put a smiley face on it has anybody besides me noticed that these people think that they can rip your face off 
with a text as long as they put a and a smiley face on it. It's true. I want you to think about something. A friend loves at all times. Brother is born for adversity. Is your interactions bringing people closer to you where they'll want to stand with you in the hard times? Or is it pushing people away from you that, that they would say, good luck, hope that works out for you? Boy, that'll make you think, won't it? You know what this preacher's tired of? I don't mind saying it. This is what brings me to these things. I, I, I'm tired uh, of doing everything you can to make a church work through some of the hardest circumstances in decades. And preachers that, that haven't stood in a pulpit as a pastor in years, much less through a pandemic, shooting at people from the cheap seats. I'm just being, that's just, is that transparent? That's transparent. But it lets me know if the preachers are feeling free to act that way, that it's all the way to the bottom because that's who people follow. Everything we do has a motive. Every interaction. Every time you open your mouth, every time you send a text, every time you post on anything, everything we do has a motive. Is that right or wrong? Uh, now I admit, you know, would you pick me up something at the grocery store? That, that motive is informational. <laughs> but everything has a motive. A friend loves at all times. A, fr a, fr a brother is born for adversity. And, and this world where, where we're, we're growing apart, not closer together, there's a reason for that. Uh, I, I'm not even going to get into how systematic. You want to talk about systemic? We could talk about systemic because the things that are being shoved down our throat that are systemic, they're, they're not the problem. The, the, the systemic problem are, are, the, are the big guys turning the wheels that, are, that have an agenda to separate a country and to tear it down. You say, I don't know if I believe that. That sounds conspiratorial. I'm going to tell you there's an enemy that would love nothing more than to destroy the land of the free and the home of the brave, not because of American politics, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you can shut Christianity out of the world, if you can shut down the light of America, if you can remove Christ from the society, there are people at the very top, you believe me, that believe you me, that their agenda is, is, is Marxist, which is atheistic, it's always been the goal. It's not to remove religion from the society. It's to remove Jesus Christ from the society. And let me tell you, the systemic problem right now is that they are in control. And, and instead of standing up to them, listen to me about a friend loves at all times, but a, fr a brother is born for adversity, that he's separating friendships over things that do not matter. So whenever you need a brother in adversity, you have no one. You have no one. It's because, and we're not speaking to it. And the Bible says when the sheep lose their shepherd, they're scattered. 
Preachers all over the country ought to be taking time to do exactly this and opening the Word of God and speaking to these things scripturally and saying, what does it mean to be a friend? And who, and who is it? And what does it look like? And what, do, and what is my role in it? Listen, my role in it is every time. I have, man, I've worn out my phone some days. I've written 10 posts on the same subject or on the same thread and delete it. You say, why do you keep talking about social? Because that's our world. If I opened your phone and went, to your, and went to your little timers in your phone, most of us, a lot of us, most of would, have, would have our little timer on our, our, it would show you, that you how many hours you spend on social media and on what apps on your phone, and you would be astounded even at yourself at how much time you spend interacting that way. It's a major part of life. The fruit of the Spirit applies to that world too. That's what causes you to write things out and really tell them good and then delete it before you hit send. But it's also what gives a bunch of people a platform that they, never, that they didn't have the character to have. You know that, there's pla- that, that some people never had the character to have a platform that reached beyond the end of their street. Y'all aren't hearing me. And then they think that they think because you accepted a friend request or that you opened up your world to them that, that, that somehow now you're their battering ram. And that they're, they're, they're 1,600, 1,700, 1,800, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people that follow them or more than whatever, that because that you agreed to bring them in, but from now on, that they have a right to pound and pound and pound and pound and pound. When they're not, they're not building up, they're bringing down. I want to ask, so this, these are practical things tonight. Is this practical? This is what is practical, everyday life. The Scripture, the Word of God is for everyday life, not for just Sunday. It's for, it's for how we treat each other, not how we shout in the aisles. It doesn't impress me. Y'all, y'all say, I, I, it doesn't impress me that you speak in tongues, but you cuss in English. It doesn't impress me that you dance on Sunday. But you, but you live like hell on Monday. See, this word is not for Sundays. It's for everyday life. It's for how we actually live, how we actually interact with each other. And the way we actually live today and the way we actually interact with each other is about 75% in our pocket. People missing me. I think that's Riley. Hold on. It is Riley. <laughs> See? See? Thank you, Riley. I, I didn't ask him to do that, but kind of comes in handy. Right? That's how we interact. So let me ask you a question. In your interaction every day, there's, there's, there's people I wish I could call them right now. There's a, I, there's a handful of men. I, I don't even have to think about it. I could call five of them right now and say, if what you post, what if, what if that conversation took place in person with, with every person on your list and the only thing you talk about is what you post every day, would they still want to come to breakfast with you? 
Isn't that a good question? I think if they wouldn't want to come to breakfast with you about, after about three days, you probably ought to change the subject. Are y'all understanding that? Is that right? Because if they, if they wouldn't appreciate it every day in person, if, you're, what you're, if what you're pounding every day is not what somebody would sit across the table from you and listen to every day, every conversation, everything that comes out of your mouth, if that was, I think this is pretty good. Then maybe we ought to think about what we're stuck on. I won't get too personal. Won't even say too much. Won't even, but you know what? There's about, a, there's about a dozen things right now that I can just say in general, and I think you'll understand me. Hey, honey, everybody knows your opinion, your position on that. Everybody knows your position on that. You can move on. Are they thinking, amen or oh me? Do y'all hear me? Is that clear? Does that make a lot of sense? You, by the way, the algorithms are just showing your post to the same 45 people every day anyway. So I heard you the first time. And about the fourth time, I decided that I was sick of it and I hid your post. And about the eighth time, I unfollowed you. And I'll go check on you. If, I, if you cross my mind, I'll see what you're doing. <laughs> that was advice. Let me show you. Hey, ever, all y'all younger than 20. That's you and y'all and some of y'all. <laughs> you get past there, that's nobody. Well, that Ellis back there. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> there is, see, self control. Self control is still a fruit of the Spirit. Last time I checked. And, and it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and uh, King James, everybody quotes King. Nobody likes King James until they quote that. Then they quote, power, love, and a sound mind. Really, the literal translation is power, love, and self control. Can I, can I, can I show you? in live and in color and in person what self-control looks like can you can y'all see this i think y'all recognize the motion that's facebook it's open watch this oh i hate what they just said and i don't i disagree with it and they're they're just stupid watch this instead of punching comment don't do that watch this <laughs> that's self-control That's self-control. That's, that's how the fruit of the Spirit manifests in our life today. That's self-control. And if it's really eating your lunch, I, really, I've discovered, because, because, you, because it does, Facebook, if, if it's something stupid, every time I open my phone, it'll be the first post there. If it's something that gouges me, sticks me, makes me want to respond, makes me want to come after them, makes me want to write a letter to them and explain how dumb they are, it'll be on my phone every time I open it, and it'll just tempt me, tempt me, tempt me, tempt me. Am I opening my mind too much to y'all? <laughs> Am I the only one? Please, God, tell me I'm not the only one. I have found what brings my blood pressure down 
and sets my spirit free. In other words, what lets me move on with my day because I got this thing when I, I, I obsess with stuff and I just can't let it go. And, and you've got to find a way to let it go. Let it go. There's a way to let it go. And that you can hide post. Poof, it's gone. Never to, be, never to tempt you again. This is practical. You should have this rule. I think I'm going to bring it back into, into being. That if somebody in this mediums, all these mediums, if they, if, see, it's supposed to be about friendship and joy and interaction and, and enjoying each other. Isn't it supposed to be that way? Isn't that why we come together as, as the body of Christ and for strength, for interaction, for, for social, for spiritual, for bond, for all? Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what it's all about? When someone comes to a place when, when all they can bring me is high blood pressure, aggravation, and antacid. They got to go. They're not my friend. They're not my friend. They're not my friend. I, 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 now I got some that are like a bad car wreck. I do. I've got something. We had a, remember about a year ago when they had that big derailment over, right over there behind the Baptist church. Yeah, how many's ever just been, and, and, and uh, you, it's, a, it's like I don't want to see that. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It, it's like, they're like a train wreck. It's like watching a train wreck. You know it's going to be awful. You know it's going to be messy. You know it's going to be, it could even be bloody and, and deadly and all those things, but you just can't stop watching I got friends that are like that. You know what the best thing you can do? It's part of self-control. Best thing you could do is go poof, be gone. Because I got questions. I got questions. Why would you let some... Sometimes there are people that... Of course, I, I, I realize mine's probably a little bit different. Because I got people that do this stuff because of preacher stuff and they follow me and I've never even met them. But then they decide they're a part of my life and they become a, they become a thorn or worse. But we got this idea that we, that we can't do that to people. Well, they didn't mind doing it to you. Why? If you wouldn't let them come, uh, this is practical. If you wouldn't let them come sit in your living room and do what they do from a thousand miles away, think about it. If they were in your living room doing what they do to you every day through this thing called friendship, if they were done it in your living room, you'd get them by the collar and by the seat of their pants and you'd open the door and you'd on the way out, don't let the door hit you, then why do we put up with them? You say, this doesn't sound very, that doesn't sound very Christian to you. We should just accept everybody. Bull on E. This is just the way I think because I think it's right. And by the way, there are people that are Christians and they are men and women of God and they, and they are, they're, they're not fake. They are, they're just not for you. 
That doesn't mean that they're going to hell because you threw them out. You don't have that kind of power. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean, it doesn't, just, because you, just because you're a believer don't mean everybody's going to get along. Because I remember Paul couldn't get along with. I read a bitter disputes that drove them separately. You go, can't you just put yourself there? You go that way and I'll go that way. You preach to them, I'll preach to them, and you get out of my face. But I'll see you in heaven. We don't even know that it can be that way. When I get to thinking about it in my own mind, see, I'm reviewing this as I'm saying it. This is about as good as anything I've ever said. Why? Because it's every day where we're at right now. A friend loves at all times. Listen, a friend is not taking cheap shots at you. A friend is not trying to destroy you. A friend is not trying to provoke you. A friend, oh, a little fun jab every now and then. That's not what we're talking about. And I got friends that we, we live to harass a little. That's not it. We're talking about that they, that they throw their barb and then they laugh like they were kidding but they wasn't. And that's all of it. That's not a friend. Friend loves at all times. And a brother is made in adversity. We need to get out of the, what do they even call it? We need to get out of the virtual world. Yeah, thank you, Lori. We need to get out of the cloud. We need to get out of the virtual world and get back to what's real. The real world. Human interaction. And the interaction, you know, it's a great tool. It's just like every other tool. It's a, it can be great or it can be destructive. It's a great tool. This is a great tool. But that's all it is. It saves me and everybody a lot of times that we can text each other for things that, just little incidental things and just to communicate quickly. But not everything can be solved with a text. Not everything can be dealt with with a text. And we need to remember. Do you know how many people right now we have teenagers that are killing themselves, that are, that are committing suicide because what people they've never met has to say to them on these mediums and on these platforms. I'm talking to you. It's not, this, this is not silly things and can't believe you're talking. These are powerful tools. Predators are walking into our homes. People that you would that 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 you would never let them on your property. That you would that you would that you would take lethal action against them if they tried to come in your home. But we let them in through this door.
We need to reel it in and realize we see we we think Christianity is about you got to just accept everybody and everything they have to insert into your life and that, that or you're not a friend or you're not a believer you're not a good Christian and it's just not true first of all you got to understand that most of the world is lost and evil believe it or not most of America is not saved even though 80% of us claim Christianity The reality is of most of humankind from, from, from the first man to now, and as long as the Lord tarries them, the vast majority of mankind is bound for hell. The Bible says so. We don't like that anymore. We don't like, the things that, we don't like to say the things that Jesus said, but he says, straight is the way and narrow the gate that leads to the destruction, and few there be that find it. He says that hell enlarges itself daily. That's what it says. The fact of the matter is, is, is most people are lost and undone. And the unredeemed man is capable of anything. You've heard me say that a thousand times. The Bible says that the heart of man is above all things wicked. Who could know it? That's unredeemed man. Unsaved, unredeemed, not his. But we let it walk in. We let our guard down and we let people abuse us that we would never let do it in person. I, I'm going to tell you right now. My, my wife, I'm sure, knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a, I've got people in my life that because of the cloak of ministry, I have let abuse me now for months. I'm talk, that's just as real as I know how to be that I've come to that realization today. I've had to come to terms. See, I struggle with things too. And because of the cloak of so-called friendship and ministry, because we seem to hold the same credential card from the same organization and that we've been together and had a few meetings together, that they have this right to, to, to circumvent and to, and to destroy and to eat away at, at my peace. They don't have the right to eat away at your peace. They don't have the right. This is just practical. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. If you don't know that if it come, literally did come hell or high water, if push did come to shove, if they would be in your corner, they're probably not your friend. Tired of people that set fire on the back porch and run to the front and sell fire extinguishers. That's not a friend. If our model is Jesus, and it is, and he's who we follow. Jesus said he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what he, the, the writer of Proverbs is saying that a friend loves at all times, and a, and a brother is born in adversity. What's he saying? When they're a friend, 
that loves you through it all. When adversity comes, they're with you. They're with you.